This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biancasino. I'm Amit Prakash. <laughs> He's fucking Stop. mumbling, right? Stop. Did he say I'm in Prakash? <laughs> like, you went straight back to India on that one. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Have you been drinking? Stop. <laughs> Stop. You have one line, and all you have to say is, I'm and say I'm name. Amit Prakash. Wait, I've got to say my name. It's yeah, impossible. I have to do a fucking tongue twister, and I and I have and I and I have a I'm dyslexic, and I'm I don't do this. Here's your line, and I'm Amit Prakash. How do you fuck that up? Jesus Christ! All right, ready? This is no politics at the dinner table. I'm Tony Biancasino, and I'm Amit Prakash. <laughs> Oh my god. Well, we'll see you next week. And I'm Amit Prakash. And I'm Amit Prakash. Do you want me to just do the whole thing? Like I'll go, this is no politics at the dinner table. I'm Tony Biancasino and I'm Amit Prakash. Yeah, it's a, one of my favorite things in the world. You you make a nice little spaghetti and you I crack actually, a cold beer. I actually can't believe you made this in like 20 minutes. I'm, a, I'm Italian. You're born with a wooden spoon in yeah. your hand. You just know how to whip some pasta together. It's like, it's it's not even, you don't even think about uh, it. This is, I don't know. I could never make this. It's delicious. I know. It's amazing. It's so good. But, you know, you could do a lot of other things. I mean, you can't say, and I'm Amber Prakash in the beginning of the show. It's difficult. But, yeah. I've got a difficult name. But you've written a book. Nobody knows that more than me. Is your book on Kindle? Mm-mm. I've got um. You can download it from the University of Michigan. Um, Why do they use it there? No, it's like part of like where they keep every dissertation. Oh, um, yeah, not on Kindle. One day, maybe. Yeah, one day. We'll one get day. you on Kindle. Yeah. How's your I week been? Aspire to be on Kindle. Um, good, really good. You been hitting the gym? It's hit or miss. Well, no, you're either hitting it or you're not. <laughs> I mean, I'm so, you, so so it's hit and it and mainly uh, hits and quit. Yeah, <laughs> like no, it's like no, like I I I've been you hit it and quit. I, it I hit it and quit. It. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh it like I went there once. I felt terrible afterwards. You're like I like myself. Yeah, exactly. This will last me for a week, won't it? This feeling. Well, here's the problem. We're hitting. It's getting cold now. Yeah. And no one loses weight in this weather. No. So, like, we're pretty fucked. Because look at us right now, right? Like, we look like out of shape, you know, late 30, 40-year-olds. Which yeah. we, we are. We are. That's what we are. So we kind of look like what we are. But that's not what you want to like. You want people <laughs> to be like, you look amazing. People would just go, yeah, you're 40. Yeah. You look it. Yeah. So if somebody's like, oh, if I ask somebody, oh, guess how old I am. They're gonna be like, yeah, you're like yeah, what, 40, well, 40, 45, 41, 42, yeah. <laughs> you're like ballpark. You, know, you, could, you could you look like you once had some muscles. Maybe. Now you eat a lot of pasta and yeah. eat your kids' food. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Order the extra entree for the kids. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, we have an we have a lot to talk about. We have an insane amount to talk about. So let's get into it. The first thing, yeah. um, obviously Donald Trump and his statements uh last week. Yeah. Um what about him? Well, so the we I want to talk a little bit about the debate and stuff like that, but I also want to talk about kind of the the after effects of what's happening right now. This are, sort we, of, are we talking about Pussygate? <laughs> basically, we're talking about about that. That's yeah. right. That's right. This is um, what took him down. Yeah, yeah. This, this is this, what took him yeah. down. Uh, to the tune of the last Reuters poll yesterday, 
Hillary Clinton's up by eight points. Yeah. Um, one in five Republicans now are saying that his comments about groping and so on disqualify him for being president. Um, let's set aside everything else he said, but this is this is the tipping point, apparently. Um, in response, Trump has said that now he can take the shackles off so he can fully engage with both Hillary Clinton yeah. and what he deems to be disloyal Republicans, right. i.e. Paul Ryan yeah. is the first one, yeah. right? So he's targeted him. Um, he's turning into Santa Claus. He's got a list. <laughs> like, it's, it's out of control. Yeah, yeah. Um, or Stalin. He had lists, too. Um, the one thing I want to sort of point out, though, is that 58% of Republican voters have said that they want Trump to stay on, and they're unfazed by this. And 68% that said that the Republican leadership should stand by him, and they're kind of angry uh, that people are jumping ship. Right. So here's the paradox. The leadership is backing away, and right. Paul Ryan is backing away, saying that he's going to do it because he wants to save the Congress and keep it in GOP hands. And so he's going to focus on those races. Okay. However... If he backs away, that could lead to a lower turnout, which would then scuttle his plans for keeping the Congress in GOP hands. Yeah. So you've got this weird thing where the leadership that has been on board, that was you know arm twisting, they got on board. Um, now they're jumping ship, but I don't even want to call their base. It's basically the Republican electorate uh, is saying that, no, you should stick with them. So what do you think is the strategy here? Because you think it's like, because I, I mean, I'm just looking for the political cynicism here. I don't think they're trying to like save their reputations or anything it's like that. It's late. just, it's too late. It's too late. You can't, you can't hop off the ship now. We all know it's sinking. So you're a coward now. If, if he would have from day one said, I'm not, I'll never go out. And help Trump. When he, the way he handled himself in our primaries is disgusting. Uh, I could never get behind a candidate like that. That's when you make your move. You're not allowed to do that. It's too late. He said horrible things. Like, this is the thing that now we're jumping off. I mean, he has been racist. He has talked about building walls. He said he has said horrible things about women before. And because now you have a fucking tape of him and Billy Bush talking shit on a bus, now suddenly it's like, oh my God, he's exactly who everyone thought he was. I, this is no shock. This tape did nothing to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There's, It wasn't shocking. What's shocking to me are people's reactions to this tape. This tape, to me, should be like, yeah, I w there's probably a thousand of these. That's Donald Trump. He's right. a fucking loudmouth, chauvinist pig. So, uh, fuck Paul Ryan. He it's, Paul Ryan has caused this. Well, thing. it's more than Paul Ryan. I mean, it's John McCain. You know, fuck John, John McCain. John, John McCain had Sarah Palin as his VP. I know, That's I where know. this shit started. Uh, well, it probably started before there, but, like, who the fuck is he to talk? He had a fucking lunatic as his VP. So... He, I, I actually think I prefer Donald Trump to Sarah Palin. The, well, I, th I just think, for instance, John McCain tolerated, you know, having his war record attacked by Donald Trump. Exactly. That, that wasn't enough. But the guy called this. him. The guy called him a pussy because so, he got caught. So the the thing is that this is this is what is the political strategy here? That's what I'm trying to think of. Is that because if if it's the case that you just want to hold on to your Congressional You're seats, not going to because right? f because then the Republicans who despise I mean the the Republicans worst 
like worst case scenario for a president is Hillary Clinton. It doesn't get worse for a Republican than her. They hate her. That's why fucking well, Donald Trump is the candidate. It's the it couldn't get further from her. So you got to kind of stick in there. You can't jump off now because when she wins, which it looks like she's going to, that fucking stupid base of people, those morons that are the reason Trump won in the first place, they're going to turn on everybody. Every, they're going to want blood from everyone because it's an extension of Obama and they hate him and they hate anybody that's not uh, a, you know, baby sh- abortion saving uh, pro white man base. They hate everyone. So for me, if I if I somehow if I woke up tomorrow and somehow I was important in the Republican Party and I wanted to stay there, I would get behind Trump and I would just support him. And then after he lost, I would say, okay, well, I stuck behind my party. Now let's start regrouping. Let's. Well, get it. I mean, I think the the question is though that I'm sure that's crossed the minds of all of these the, the Republican leadership. So given that not just the base but the electorate itself, the Republican electorate has said that they should stick with Trump, why would they be abandoning essentially their electorate when it is the case they want to keep these congressional seats? Because it, because if they disavow Trump now, that might have a negative effect on turnout, which has all sorts of down-ticket effects on them, right? So well, they're getting scared now because they think he's going to lose. So they're paying attention to Pulse. You know, th- two weeks ago, they were neck and neck. Nobody was coming out then. And 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 going against Trump now that he's down eight or nine points, now it's a little safer. Now we can start hopping off this ship. They're all it's all cowardly bullshit. And if you think about it, why wouldn't they get behind Trump? Look what the Republican Party put out there as choices in the beginning of this. Jeb, Marco, Ted fucking Cruz, Chris fucking Christie, you know. Uh, who the wacko Walker and that other asshole that was next to him that looks like his cousin? Right, Scott those Walker. fucking losers. The only one that was had a half brain was Kasich, but he's like you know a weird grandfather that is, is so unpresidential. So it's like w- this isn't much worse than what would have been out there. Imagine if Chris Christie was running right now; it would oh, be brutal. Well, he mean he kind of is. I mean, but but right. I, I mean, I I think you know Jeb Bush is rational. Right? Is he? You know, I, I mean, don't know. He's I mean, defending his brother. Yeah, you can't be but rational and defend that yeah, guy. But I think there's, I mean, that's like family ties and stuff like that. I think going on. But but I think that is, you know, that option. You know, obviously he's been foreclosed, but that I don't think that one is that outlandish. Ted Cruz is crazy. I mean, straight up, he's a loon. Crazy, crazy. Chris Christie's a loon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I'm I'm just wondering that. What do you think it, it is that's keeping? Trump voters, Trump voters. What's behind that? Because I so can here's, tell you no, what's no, behind no, Because it. listen, here's one thing that that you might you might be right that people have been looking for a way to jump ship, um, and now that the polls are turning against him, that they want to get off the Titanic first. Um, however, the other thing, I, I don't know. It's it's. I think there's some sort of feeling that even though he may be abhorrent in so many ways, he's got such a popular backing. More people came out to vote for this um, primary period for, he's got more votes than ever, right? So historical, right? Yeah. Um, So that they also can't sort of turn away from that because otherwise they have to entirely rethink their party. 
Sure. Um, which they're not willing to do, right? I mean, they did that last time, right? They did uh, that last time. Forced. Their last last time, what they did was they had a whole um, was a whole report done by the RNC saying that why did we lose the 2012 election? And it basically said we need more minority outreach. And they basically doubled down on white nationalism, right? So they did the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, and now the outcome is, you know, that they're abandoning it. Um, and I just don't think it, it's just a long-term strategy. It makes no sense to me. Well, it kind of does because the party's falling apart. And this is what happens when shit falls apart. People jump off. They stop holding up pillars. They run out of the house. It's just crumbling. And then you rebuild. This is, it's, it's a, it's just the natural way it has to happen because in their sick, selfish minds, they think they can salvage whatever they have left of their own political careers. And what they, none of them realize is, yeah, some of them by default might make it through, but the party is changing. And maybe a third party will come out of this, maybe a fourth party will come out of this, but, you know, the the really, really rich Republicans that used to just vote Republican for purely tax purposes, mm-hmm. are, they're the ones that are put in the weird predicament right now because their businesses could also take a big hit if we decide to nuke a couple people. So... You know, it's a lot bigger than taxes now. And with the exception of those people that are, st- I, I know a couple of those people that are still going to vote for Trump because pure business purposes. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I have no opinion on it. I don't really care. Uh, anyone else I know that's voting for Trump is an angry, white, scared, uh, uneducated, uncultured. Um, and probably poor. Mainly poor, but yeah. not all poor. Yeah, but yeah, poor and mm-hmm. uh, we're people, struggling at least. People that really enjoy this non-politician coming in and just fucking making the political system shake. He's a disruptor, and traditionally we like disruptors. I mean, I like the WikiLeaks guy. I like Edward Snowden. I like people that fuck shit up. Granted, Trump's doing it in a disruptive way that I am not cool with, but there are our people that like they've been so used and empty promises by the both political parties that just seeing a guy in there talking shit for them at the, at the bottom line of anything, it's just entertaining. And, and you got to remember we are a, a fucking species that used to pack out stadiums to watch people fight lions. Like, we, we are easily entertained with horrible shit. And right now, this is like a modern-day gladiator type shit going on. Okay. So, all right. Um, I want to play one thing, one quick clip. Uh, essentially, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Lee Atwater. He was, of course. Yeah, so this Republican strategist and some of our listeners. So he was a major strategist in the 1980s. He's um, like a pretty liberal dude now, right? He's dead. Oh. Um, but, um, but he's, uh, How long ago no, he, he, he died, I think about four years ago. Oh, I'm thinking that. of somebody else. Um, so, but he was, he was known, um, for being, uh, sort of no hold barred in his approach to politics, just yeah. sort of take no prisoners type of person. Um, and you know, he was responsible for this famous Willie Horton ad and so on in, in, in 1980s. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, I'm sorry, bro. Okay. But here's a little clip. I was and this fucking un- kicking soccer balls. <laughs> right, there you go. So here's a little clip um, that was released after he died because this was off the record. But I think it uh, speaks volumes about the Republican strategy and, and sort of this whole argument that Trump is unprecedented. Um, I don't quite buy it. Um, I actually think he's got lots of precedents and he's really just sort of um, the natural outcome of Republican trends. And... 
Uh, I think I think the sort of respectability politics, the way he talks and yeah. things like that, there's yeah. a sort of bourgeois respectability that he's missing maybe. Um, but in terms of the, you know, what he's asking for and who he's speaking to, it goes back to the 1980s and Ronald Reagan. So here's a clip. This is from uh, 1981. All right. Here's how I would approach that issue as a, as a statistician or a political scientist. Or, no, as a psychologist, which I'm not, is, is how abstract you handle the race thing. In other words, you start out in, yeah, now y'all aren't quoting me on this. You start out in 1954 by saying nigger, nigger, nigger. By 1968, you can't say nigger. That hurts your backfire. So you say stuff like uh, forced busing, states' rights, and all that stuff. And you're getting so abstract now, you're talking about cutting taxes and all of these things you're talking about are totally economic things. And the byproduct of them is, Blacks get hurt worse than whites. And subconsciously, maybe that is part of it. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that if it is getting that abstract and that coded, uh, that, that, we're, that we're doing away with the racial problem one way or the other. Uh, you follow me? Because obviously sitting around saying uh, we want to cut taxes, we want to cut this, and we want is much more abstract than, than even the busing thing. Uh, and a hell of a lot more abstract than never knew, you know. So I, any way you look at it, race is coming on the back burner. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a long, you know, not even that long ago, 35 years ago. And what he's talking about is a certain electoral strategy that the Republicans have had. Donald Trump is, you know, the apotheosis of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, so I don't know, like there's, so there's that whole argument that, oh, my God, he's entertaining, and I think that's right, that's true, and all of that. But in terms of what he's calling for mm-hmm. and what he's appealing to, it's been around for a long time. Sure. Um, but you mentioned WikiLeaks, which is what we're going to next. So let's, let's have some more of this pasta. Great. Like a, you honestly, you look like a walking dead extra. <laughs> like if it's awful to look at right now. Glad you liked it. When you want to lick the bowl while we're at I it? think I'm going to do that for dessert. All right, so we're talking about my boy from WikiLeaks. <laughs> Straight so, up disruptor chilling out in the embassy. Listen, have the, parties in there and shit. So, <laughs> you like that guy? <laughs> I've got mixed feelings about him now. I mean, I think I, I actually like. The purpose of WikiLeaks and the yeah, institution. Him too. as a person, I think he's a, he's kind of contradictory sometimes. Well, um, he's a wacko. I mean, he's a total wacko. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I can deal with a wacko so long he's kind of consistent. It's it's you know he's all for you know transparency and so on. Yeah, but it's very selective. Yeah. You know, it's like especially in this election that if they can have so much access to you know, John Podesta's emails from nine years ago. Um, I'm sure they could hit Donald Trump's <laughs> servers and stuff like that too. Yeah. But they're choosing not to. So it's a little bit kind of... Well, you got to keep it fair. I mean, Donald <laughs> Trump is... I mean, if it were any other candidate, if it would have been O'Malley 
or Bernie or who the fuck else was in it at first? There's one other weird dude who dropped out broke really, really quickly in the Democratic Oh, side. yeah, yeah, yeah. That weird um, dude with, with no muscles in his face. Wait, that remember him? What was his name? Um, he, looked like he looked like he was a, a remember fourth his, his claim? No, his claim was, I am a block of granite. Yeah. I have <laughs> not changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My party yeah. left me. Yeah. He looked like he still goes to like yeah. his prep school reunions and he was 90. Right, right. Anyway. Like any of those guys would be destroying Trump, but but we have this candidate who's so goddamn corrupt that the guy's still in it. So the, I guess you know what 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 else can you do? What, big deal. You're gonna see what taxes, Trump's taxes, and things are gonna change. He what else could he do besides maybe we find some dead bodies under Trump Tower that he killed? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. No, I mean, uh, yeah. maybe not. Right. So listen, I. I'm just saying, I, I'm I'm not against WikiLeaks at all. I just think they've become increasingly. They're listening to this too. Yeah, I, I know, know they probably you are. But WikiLeaks and NSA, right? Um, I just want to say that <laughs> I like WikiLeaks. Amit <laughs> um, has some issues that you right. cannot, you know, go in his server and find out. Right. But as for me, I'm a fan. Right, but I might have the more liberal politics uh, in general, so they're probably going to go after you. (laughs) (laughs) Hence the selectivity. All right, so um, there's some crazy revelations in those emails, but on the other hand, there's not that many. Uh, It's just kind of, you know, she's cynical. All right, she's a cynical politician. Uh, She polls everything um, that... Essentially, what's come out is that on every issue from Black Lives Matter to tax policy to public education funding, she has no position. She just figures out what the polls have said, and that's that's her position. Yeah. Right? I don't think that's really a revelation. Um, no. You know, so I think, you know, some people were saying that, oh, it's been drowned out because of this Trump thing, and this should be a much bigger story. Wait, did they? was that what they were releasing? Yeah. I thought they had something yeah. like a real big takedown thing they're going to release. That was it. That can't be it. Yeah, that was it. No. That was it. This is nine I years of emails. Th- I mean, this is nine years of emails of, you know, her her lieutenants, you know. Like oh, that's people, disappointing. You know, yeah. um, and, and very few from her. There's some from, like, Huma Abedin and, and um, uh, but, you know, John Podesta, who's, who's running the campaign. So it's top people, yeah. and they're talking policy, but they're talking everything from, you know, high policy to really sort of granular stuff that's that's really petty. Um, but the New York Times, which has, you know, been, you know, completely uh, complacent about any of Hillary's sort of backstory and just sort of right. papered over it, they had this to say, which I thought was uh, pretty interesting. I'm just going to quote them. The private discussions among her advisors about policy on trade, on the Black Lives Matter movement, on Wall Street regulation, often revolved around the political advantages and pitfalls of different positions, while there was little to no discussion about what Mrs. Clinton actually believed. Right. Right? So the whole, I mean, that's, that's the revelation, which is not a revelation. I, to me, it's just, I, I'm, I'm, I would think all politicians do that. Right, right. Um, and I think this is Except for Trump. Yeah, well, well yeah. I, I mean, I think this is where you know the Bernie Sanders campaign <laughs> maybe sort of like false hopes that um, that you might have a politician who doesn't do that, right? Right. That that there might be you know some politicians that are as honest as possible and actually have you know 
positions, right? I mean, not many politicians come out in, in America and call themselves democratic socialists, right? I mean, that's that's not a poll tested statement, right? Um, right. So, I think that it might be, you know, people who were are taken aback by this. That oh my goodness, that Hillary Clinton really cares about. <laughs> the, the winds of, of public right, opinion, right. right? Like, which is just, which is crazy. I don't know. I, I, I think it's a non-story. I think it's dying down, and it's not going to hurt her at all. No, they're they would have to produce her murdering someone for her to have to be gone. Like, literally, her being like, "Kill him" in an email. <laughs> There's nothing else. We don't care about this stuff. We really don't care. It's it's not shocking. It's what we assume. If they want to, if they want to have a takedown email scandal, it better be way bigger than this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Who cares? She should poll. She's a fucking politician. I mean, isn't that kind of their duty is to see what the popular opinion is and to kind of go with that and then slowly change? I mean, she's she's really slowly changing, but that's how she's been in the game this long. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I get it. All I'm saying is that the expectation that every politician who's going to be a national politician at least, or even, you know, statewide is just going to be a poll tested automaton um, is pretty, we should just hire some robots. They you know, are robots. Know, like, That's know, what I'm that, trying to say. They're robots. It's impossible. You so, need to be a robot. So you're saying it's the heightened scrutiny, right? That it's not. And that, that that's a natural response to it. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So we like extremes, know. dude. Nobody's real. Bernie was real, and and, they, and the assholes didn't vote for him. You know? Yeah, yeah. Screw him. Yeah. Well, let's go on our next topic. Let's do it. Let's do it. Where are we going? What's the All last right, topic? So last topic. Um, did you hear about the prison strike? A lot of F-bombs today. Yeah. I'm angry. <laughs> You're very you know, angry. Did you see that the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, it's not the Board of Health, but like, what's the National Health, Mental Health Association? There's a name for those fuckers. Mental so Health I just, Association? I just, I just said it again. It's not the FDA, but it's something like that. Okay. Anyway. The CDC? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Uh, basically... People right now, like there's a heightened level of uh, anger and paranoia and depression right now in people. And they think it's because of this election. I wouldn't be surprised. I've been shoved. I'm a, dude, I'm like 225 pounds. I'm a big dude. I've been fucking shoved hard on subways like the last two (laughs) weeks. No one ever pushes me. Like, I'm not, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. But, like, you know, I'm not a person you just push. I'm like, there is an aggression going on right now. So I feel like that's what we're about to get into. Well, um, there's a uprising going on right yeah. now. Um, so prison, 20 prisons across the country are on strike. Yeah, I saw that. You see that? So Private? This, this, this is, um, no, no. These, these are public prisons. Um and so this is the 45th anniversary of the Attica uprising. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. The, Something happened in Yeah, Attica. 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 So the, the, the prison in Attica, 1971, in September, uh, September 9th. Attica, yeah. Um, they, there was, this was a, that was also a sort of political uprising. I mean, there's, there's 
like horrible stories about the conditions there. Um, and they sort of coordinated it with this anniversary. So a couple, of, I just want to do a couple of stats here. It started in Alabama, by the way, um, and has now sort of metastasized across the country. Um, they couldn't pick like Columbus Day or something that yeah, we all are familiar with. Yeah, well, Attica. I mean, for in in sort of prison reform movements, I mean, it's a huge, huge sort of iconic event. Wow. All right. um, so anyway, um, just a couple stats here on prisons. Okay. Um, and I want to get to the sort of question of, okay, first about prisons, but then what are we talking about? What do we mean by prisoners striking? Um, so the U.S. represents 5% of the world's population and holds 25% of the world's prisoners. So <laughs> that is to say, if you're a prisoner, you got a one out of four chance of being held in an American prison around the world. Oh, right? my God. Um, so that's 2.1 million people who are in federal, state uh, pens, and also county and local jails. Drugs, man. Um, 97% of the 125,000-odd federal inmates have been convicted of nonviolent crimes. Drugs, baby. Yep. Two-thirds of the one million state prisoners have, convinced, have committed nonviolent offenses. Yeah, All right? it's so, fucking marijuana. Yeah, right. It's petty fucking drug bullshit. Right. There's a racial order to this as well. So black men who make up approximately 7% of the U.S. population constitute 37% of the oh, prison population. Oh, my God. Um, added with Hispanics, they constitute 29% of the U.S. population, but those two groups together... Um, constitutes 59% of the U.S. prison population. So more than one out of two prisoners is either black or Hispanic. Damn. Right? Um, right now, this is going to, to black men. Right now, the trend is one out of six black men will go to prison. Um, if the trends keep on going as they are, one out of three black boys born today will go to prison. Damn. Right. So just just think about that oh sort of God. as a life horizon, right? Like that. That you got no up. shot. Yeah. No. It's it's it's. Uh, well, it's you have a one in three shot. Right. Those right yeah. Odds. Those are not Bad good odds. odds. Even one in six is not so great. Bad odds. You know. Um, so, question is okay. So the, the the conditions are terrible in a lot of these prisons. Uh, they're underfunded. They've been privatized. All all all, all sorts of stuff. But here's a question of labor, right? Yeah. So that what, what does it mean for a prison strike? Uh, so prisons have been traditionally used, for, you know, they've used labor as a sort of disciplinary me mechanism and also as a sort of rehabilitative mechanism, supposedly, that, you know, teach prisoners how to work so they can become functioning yep. members of society and so on. Um, but because we're in America, there's a sort of racial element to yeah. this. Um, after slavery, so 1865 here, there's the 13th Amendment, right, which gets rid of slavery. But in that amendment, I'm just going to quote here. This is the 13th Amendment. Neither slavery nor involuntary, involuntary servitude except as punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted. So if you're duly convicted, you can essentially be forced to work. As in, you know, forced labor is slavery. Yeah. Right? So you're banning slavery, but you're also giving the out for criminals. Um, after 1865, basically a lot of southern states, they immediately um, put in what are called grandfather laws, where they basically said that if your grandfather didn't own property pre-1865, you cannot own property. And if you're on property and you don't own it, you're loitering and you can be arrested. Um, and so, of course, every freed slave, of course, did not own property pre 
1865, they didn't pass muster with these grandfather laws, and a lot of them were rearrested and put back on plantations now as, quote, criminals. Oh, my God. Right? Um, that lasts for 100 years, right, in various forms. So 1865, 1965, you get the Civil Rights Act, right? So end of slavery, but another 100 years of this type of oppression. Um, so Civil Rights Act addresses that and sort of bans that, those types of laws and things like that. However, they can still compel prisoners to work. Um, so just some things about contemporary prisons. 37 states have legalized contracting prison labor out to private corporations. <laughs> All right. So here's some of the corporations. Boeing, IBM, Microsoft, AT&T, Dell, uh, Lucent, Intel. Nordstrom's, Macy's, Pierre Cardin, and Target. And there's a whole other list, right? So they're making everything from underwear to uh, ballistic missiles um, in, 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 these, in these prisons, literally. Um, the pay runs from 17 cents right. to $2 an hour tops, all right? So that's like the range of pay. Um, and prisons like, at, like Angola, if you've heard that, a prison down in Louisiana. Oh, my God. Right, yeah. so Angola you can have forced labor for free. Um, and on pun and if you decide not to do it, you can go to solitary confinement if you decide not to work, all right? So there's just basically just forced slavery for, for prisoners, yeah. right? Two things that are going on here. Free trade deals like NAFTA killed basically manufacturing and assembly labor in America, right? That from the you know late 80s to the 90s, you start this sort of migration of offshoring, right. all this type of work. Um, you get heightened unemployment, and then you also have this trend of the drug war that's creating this mass incarceration. Yeah. And then you get all these companies coming back in and saying, actually, it's cheaper to get prisoners to work than to go to Mexico and create a factory. Right. And so it's this crazy thing, and it's where it's a circle where at first there's work, the work is taken away, the people who would have been workers are now arrested, and now you have the perfect labor force for the, for the corporations. Yeah. Literally a captive labor force that is utterly controlled. You don't have to pay for six days, you don't have to pay for you know, insurance or anything like that, and you can pay them 50 cents an hour maybe uh, to do the work that maybe you'd have to pay like $1.50 an hour in China. Right, so there's now this trend of all these corporations coming back to America, not to set up factories, but to use prison labor. All right, so that's what these prisoners are striking about, um, and the counter argument to all this um, is that prisoners want to do it; they want to work. Yeah, uh, they want to make some money for their commissary or send it home or whatever. I get it. Um, and this is better than just rotting away yeah, day after day. Yeah, better than solitary. Right, exactly. And it's better than solitary as a punishment, and it's right. also better than just choosing to, well, I'm just going to sit in my cell. Okay. Right? Um, what do you think of the system, right, that that being, first of all, being compelled to work, right, that the notion of doing hard labor, right, you know, like you, you get put away, and the yeah. pun and it's not it's not just... You know, the notion that the punishment is you no longer have freedom, but then there's the added punishment of you have to do labor. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the drug laws were different. So I, I'm actually not that opposed to hard labor. Mm -hmm. I'm opposed to it because of the um, harsh drug 
drug laws we have in this country. And and I know tons of people that have gotten I mean, I got arrested when I was 17 for having a fucking pipe in my a marijuana pipe in my pocket. Obviously, I got I was fine. I was a 17 year old white boy from Princeton. Mm-hmm. But um you know, uh, in different circumstances, that could have ruined my life. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think because of the, especially marijuana consequences, mm-hmm. I can't be for any of this because people's lives are ruined for bullshit, petty, government, reg- government-controlled, uh, dumb crimes. Now, if the world worked like it's supposed to and rapists and child molesters and murderers and horrible people were in prison, people that should be in prison... I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I'm being serious. I make them work. I I don't care. Yeah. I have no investment in them. I don't give a fuck. Uh, But because there are a lot of people in prison that are just born in unfortunate families that are in there for dumb fucking charges or for being wrongly accused of stuff, which we see all the time. That kid at Rikers for two years and killed himself. Like those people are in prison. Khalif Brown. Yeah, Khalif. So like, I can't be for any of this because we can't get anything right, especially, and forget, forget it. Like our fucking prison, forget about it. So I'm against all of it. And if you're going to make them work, I would be for paying them a reasonable wage that could be put away so that when they get out, they had some fucking money. But to criticize China and these places for not paying people and then we're in this country mm-hmm. doing it to anybody, I'm not okay with that. There's a call now for, you know, change this whole system. And, and it's this weird thing where Republicans and Democrats, is one thing they agree on is to end this trend of mass incarceration, yeah. right? Which, is, which I think is great. Legalize marijuana. R- Start with yeah, that. Yeah, that's happening in different places, Watch right? what happens. The, the feds are against it still, but-, but Of course. But-, um, but you know, we'll see. But here's, I mean, there's like, there's, there's not a silver line, it's a dark lining to this, is that a lot of the companies that are invested in, <laughs> right, right. in, in mass incarceration, you know, the prison building companies, all of the um, uh, technology companies that, you know, create the security systems for prisons and stuff like that, right. they, there's a lot of investment in this. And so, th- but the weird thing is that they also are backing uh, the end of mass incarceration. And the reason for, for which is that what they're expecting is that you're going to get a massive parole population and their new thing is anklet bracelets. So they're now investing in basically, okay, you're getting rid of mass incarceration, but you're going to have a sort of constantly surveilled population that yeah. is out of prison, but constantly monitored. Yeah. Um, and so it's like this weird thing that, you know, I mean, if you think about the trend, right? You go from slavery, then you go from hiring out what's called hiring out prisoners when they're rearrested and so on after slavery, and then you've got forced labor with corporate power, and then now what we're going to go to is people who are not in prisons with walls, but kind of like digital prisons where they're being monitored. Yeah. And, you know, so. Yeah. So when do you get free? <laughs> you know, it's when the laws change. Yeah, well, you know when the laws change. When we stop being so when our when our fucking conservative laws catch up to a lot of the liberal population, or at least we meet in the goddamn middle. But. Hey, man, I I think um, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't use liberal and conservative on this because liberal and conservative agreed on this for a long time. Well, who are we blaming? Someone has to be blamed. Yeah, no, no. I mean, this was this was like a national consensus, right? Well, then why this, is it this, changing? You know, it started with uh, with uh, the Reagan administration. Yeah. I mean, it, it was announced by the Nixon administration, but it really gets ramped up under Clinton. Yeah. So you know, it's not as if uh, this is there's a big division on this now. 
you know, it's because of groups like Black Lives Matter and stuff yeah. like that. That, um, but those people aren't part of liberal or conservative. They're radicals, right? Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. they're sort of saying no, like you know, burn it all down or burn down this system. Where's uh, Trump stand on this? Oh my God. I think he. I mean, he wanted this Central Park Five, who DNA cleared <laughs> yes, them to yes. be locked back up. Right, exactly. I think that probably. I'm sure he would have been question. for forced labor for them as well. Yeah. Well, this has been depressing. <laughs> it's an important story, okay? Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully something happens with it. I I, I think it might. Um, I'm just I'm a little bit wary of just basically corporate power, right? Of course. And is is that okay? It's 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 always strange when corporations who have money invested in these prisons who have a, a profit motive incentive to, ha- to keep harsh drug laws and things like that because they want as many bodies as possible in there yeah. to start backing away from that. And, you know, after reading a bunch, I found out, oh, that's the new growth industry is literally anklet bracelets. Amazing. Right? That's, that's the next step. Well, there you go. Anklet bracelets. It's a, it's a future. <laughs> yeah. Anklet bracelets yeah. are the future. Yeah. I'm going to get into that business. <laughs> No it, politics at dinner table is about to uh, start creating, designing our very own ankle right, bracelets. Right, right. We're going to force Jeet to do it. We're, let's put Jeet <laughs> in an ankle bracelet. <laughs> All right. Well, this is fun. Um, yes. Whatever. I guess we'll see everybody next week. See you next Wait, Do we have any more debates coming up? We have one more debate. One more debate. Yeah. Um, all right. So check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, No Politics at the Dinner Table, produced by Jeep Beta Roy. We will see you jerks next week. See you next week.